Proactive Athletes is the premier place that empowers student athletes to overcome the challenges of college sports recruitment. Their unparalleled expertise and influential network will guide you towards realizing your fullest potential. At Proactive Athletes, they understand that each student athlete is unique, facing their own set of obstacles. That's why their dedicated team takes the time to comprehend your individual needs, providing a comprehensive hands-on approach tailored to your success. With their personalized attention and unwavering support, they ensure your satisfaction every step of the way. Through their vast network, they have successfully connected with over 2.3 million coaches, giving your child's profile the exposure it deserves. In fact, their student-athletes' profiles have been viewed by an astounding 716,000 coaches, solidifying their reputation as the go-to platform for recruitment. What sets them apart is their data-driven approach, allowing them to make informed decisions that result in better outcomes for their student-athletes. By harnessing the power of data, they maximize your child's chances of success as they embark on the next chapter of their athletic journey. Join the ranks of proactive athletes and unlock your true potential. Let them amplify your talent, connect you with coaches that want you but may not have known about you, and pave the way for your future success. Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off. So many of you know I've played eight years in the NFL. What you might not know is I've had multiple surgeries throughout my NFL and collegiate career. I've had both ankles, both knees worked on in a sports hernia. And these different surgeries, they've, they've given me pain over the years. And I've tried to, to look for different medications and, and ointments and gels and all this stuff to help heal that. But once I started finding out and started doing research on things within my body that can be done to help alleviate this pain, I started to kind of venture down this road of gut health. And gut health is your gut is like a second brain. The cleaner your gut is, the more things can be able to enter into your system and start to help you. And understanding this, Nodora is a probiotic that's like no other. It's specific, it's custom, and it's based on science. If you're having trouble with sleeping, with body inflammation, with pain, bloating, and even overall weight loss, Nodora can be the answer because it fixes things at the well, not at the faucet. So, make sure to check out Nodora at Nodora, N-U-D-O-R-A dot com. And when you purchase, make sure when you check out Shark Effect 25 for 25% off your order. Okay? All right. Don't say I ain't never did nothing for y'all. Back to the show. Welcome to the Shark Effect Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm an NFL veteran of eight years, and now I'm an author, leadership, and personal development coach, and international speaker. In this podcast, you will learn strategies to get unstuck in life and find your influence. You will hear inspirational and value-packed stories from former and current elite-level athletes, successful entrepreneurs, and experts in the field of personal development. 
My mission is to help former elite level athletes find their identity and utilize their influence to create a life of impact. My guest this week on The Shark Effect is Coach Chris Peterson, who formerly coached uh, University of Washington football team in Boise State. Um, he's been in collegiate coaching for over 20 years, had a lot of success. Um, actually, he also coached my son. So I have a big place in my heart for Coach Peterson. But in this episode, he dropped some beautiful nuggets. I'm telling you, some beautiful nuggets. So many that I had to break this up into two episodes. So this is the first episode. And what he talks about is how to build connection, connection with your team. He talks about the beauty of coaching and his Built for Life program. Uh, we talk about repurposing the platform of athletics, something that's very uh, passionate about. And it's something he would do differently um, when it comes to coaching. So if he ever decides to coach again, something that he'll be doing differently. Um, but sit back, hey, take some notes. This is a this is a great podcast. I had a I had a joy just listening to him and and, and asking him questions. All right, here we go. Coach Peterson, man. I remember a long time ago. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I, re- I remember way back in 1995 when I had, was a senior at University of Oregon. And I remember seeing this young, athletic looking coach who was coaching our wide receivers. And I remember man, how much energy he had and how much connection. And I don't know if you remember what what we used to do, what I used to say and do like before our one on ones, because I would I would never address the receivers. I would always always yell at you and say, like, come on, I need some fresh meat. I'm hungry, coach. (laughs) Well, and I don't know if you remember, too. So as, as it went on. You know, I remember the DBs just always doing the DB thing. And so I come out one day in, because I think we were on the grass, you know, we we're going to be on the grass. And so I come out in some, some high top molded black sharks. Oh. And you probably remember you guys just fell out. Just like, and I'm looking at you like, what? I got to demonstrate. I got to show myself. So anyways. I love that, man. Yeah. But but the, but here's the thing. The cool thing is like what I saw from you early on was connection and how I connected with you early on and then seeing you, um, you know, progressing your career is like the number one thing that stands out in my mind is the connection you made with your with your your teammates and, you know, some of the other coaches. Can Can we talk a little bit about that? how important that is and how, how do you do it? I mean, you know, I mean, I think you're talking about the heart of what we're all about is, you know, relationships. And I think, you know, it is about connection. Um, yeah. And so I, I don't know, like, I, I just know, like, that is one of the main reasons I got into coaching mm. was just to, you know, like it's about relationships, you know, that's the whole thing. It's just, um, you know, it's how we're wired and like, and you know, and you know this better than anyone. I mean, I think that's so much of the beauty of coaching is you get all these guys over a hundred, you know, in college, it's over 120 guys 
and they come from everywhere and all different backgrounds and socio socioeconomic status and you know cultures and all these things and you get them here and everybody seems so different like you know especially when it first, everybody gets there and everybody's posturing and everybody's this and that and and then you get to know everybody through these connections and it's like we're all the same mm-hmm. we're all the same and that's probably one of the main lessons that I've learned in my coaching journey is like you know I mean all the way from back then when I was a young coach at Oregon to all the way finishing at UW you know, I remember just looking around our team room and you got, you know, you got guys with cowboy hats and you got preppy guys and you got guys from, you know, the inner city and you got Polynesians and you got, and it's just the whole gamut. Mm. And then to feel like when you build the team correctly, that connection with, with each other and not even just with me, but to see the connection with the teammate that's when something special is going to happen. Like you can't get something special in terms of team work and to do something special as a team, unless that team is really connected and trusts each other. Mm, love that. You know, spending time with you over those years and then, you know, um, having my son, Elijah, come through your program. And, you know, at first I was like, hey, you're why why are you dub? Why the Huskies? Man, you don't need to go up there. I said, man, we're not going up there. Let's hey, Stanford or Oregon. Stanford right. or Oregon. And, and you know, but then I was like, well, okay, Coach Peterson. I know him. I love him. Okay, let's give him a shot. Let's, so we went up there, and one of the things that really um changed, it flipped everything upside down for me was your built for life, your built for life program. And it was about the, the premise of it is leadership. Can we talk, can you talk a little bit about that? And, and, and what specifically, what does leadership mean to you? How do you define mm, it? Mm, yeah. A lot of, <laughs> that's a lot of good <laughs> topics right there. Um, yeah. So where do we start? So the built for life, the built for life concept. Let, let me first start like, yeah, Alex, like the one thing that was so incredibly cool to me and impactful on this whole thing that your roots and where you come from out of the Oregon program and which I do too right I mean way back when but then you know I go on my coaching career and go to other places and like your foundation is at the University of Oregon and then you got the Oregon Washington rivalry that is second to none as we know right Mm -hmm. and so for you to even bring up Elijah up to look at us and seriously look at us, but it's like, oh, okay. And then for just like how you and Kristen handled the whole thing of really like supporting your son and his decision, but not putting your aspirations and what you think he should do. It, that was so inspiring to me. And I'm not saying because he came to Washington. I really, I really am not. Like I knew at the end of the day, we were up against some steep competition to get him. Mm-hmm. But I knew this, like he fit what we were trying to do there to a T. And to me, at the end of the day, that's what it's about in terms of kids going to certain schools. It's a, there's no perfect place, mm-hmm. but I do think there's a perfect, like a really perfect fit. 
Like it fits perfect. And then there's going to be hard times and sad times and good times. And it's going to turn out differently than you thought. And I just remember like, because, you know, we go way back, but we hadn't had a bunch of contact. And certainly I didn't know your son. I mean, through the phone and some of those type of things. And I thought, mm. ah, this is going to be a hard get just in the Oregon. I know, I know that. Mm. But to watch how this process unfolded and then to get him and the type of kid that he was when we got him, I'm like, I just, I, I think about like, that's just low hanging fruit. Like in terms of like, if they were, I say like, like if they were all like Elijah, I might still be coaching. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're just so dialed and just into the right things and could handle adversity. And, you know, his expectations were to work hard and nothing's going to be handed and given to me. And so anyways, I thought that we could talk a long time on this whole parenting thing, especially when it comes to like having an elite athlete. Mm. I just thought that was so spectacular. And then that you grasped that like, wait, this thing can be more than just football, like just more than getting him to the NFL. And that's where the Built for Life, you know, program came in. And it started way back in the day when I first became, probably long before I became a head coach. You know, I was always thinking about these things and the coaches that I was connected to. Mm -hmm. But then when I became a head coach, it really became about like, how can we repurpose the platform that we have of sports and football? Yeah. And you know, kind of repurpose it to be about like life skills and championship teamwork and building men of character. Like, what does that really look like? And it started because we, we I call it, we have a real man program. And it started when I first became the head coach and guys would walk into my office and they'd say, or they'd be in trouble. And they'd say, coach, I'm here to take my punishment like a real man. And I kept hearing this real man. Like this real, real man, or like I'm a grown ass man. And I finally stopped saying, stop saying that word to me. Cause you're not a real man and you're not a grown ass man. Like you don't even know what a, a real man looks like. Cause a real man wouldn't have made those decisions. Mm. And I started thinking about them. Like, you know, a lot of these, these are kids. They, they still don't know. They're still developing. So like, we need to like, like show them like what that would look like. Yeah. And so we just kind of kept building on that over the years. Love that. Love that. And, you know, one of the things that really triggered me, and it was one of the premises that I wrote my book, was like this platform in sports and being like at this level, whether you're a collegiate or pro, you have such a platform. But understanding who you are is way more important than what you do. And so when you started talking about not just the stuff on the field, what Washington was going to be doing and what you guys did, but you guys, what triggered me was what that Built for Life program was doing for them when they're done playing their sport. Because you know this, right? For many of us, myself included, when I stopped playing, right? And I was in my 30s when I stopped playing, I was lost. That was my, that sport was my identity. You know, when you're doing something that you love, for a very long time, if you're not careful, it becomes who you are. And so when you start talking about off the field type stuff, like relationships and how to like all the tools that, that these kids have at their disposal, that doors are, will, will be open for them and just leading them to like take advantage of these opportunities. That's what really 
sprung like this is the right place for for Elijah in in any athlete. It's thinking I mean, more I mean, than the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're hitting on so many topics that are so important and so hard to do. And one is probably the identity thing. Like that's probably I did not do a good enough job with this this area right here. If I was be back in coaching, I would jump on that much harder mm. to separate. And we all talk about it, right? It's a cliche. It's like you know, football is not who you are; it's what you do. But that's not true. That becomes these kids' identities, and it becomes coaches' identities. No, we say it's not who we are. No, actually, it is. Like we equate how we win, how we lose, how we play on the field. That is our identity. That's the reality. And it should not be like that. But societies, the forces of society keep pushing and we get all of our love and reward from how we do on that gridiron or how we do as a coach. And so I think it's so critical to go to work backwards and keep pounding that message. This is about (laughs) separating your identity. Like you are a football player and you are darn good, but that is not who you are at your core as a person. It's it's truly what you do. And then what are the steps to, to like work with the kids to make sure they understand that. And so I think that's as important as anything. And then, like you said, the other thing, we've all been there. Like you, a first round draft pick, go to the NFL. And then when, whenever that day a ball is over, it is a crushing and not even that day, like years to come, like, who am I? What do I do? Yeah. Well, that's what you're talking about. So much of my identity is like into this football thing. So that was part of Built for Life. It's like, how do we like make these things exclusive? You know, it it was really interesting because so part of this thing with football, I remember going to camp after camp, even as an assistant coach, but even as a head coach, I'd go to other people's camps and when it was legal and, you know, somebody would give them an academic talk, like the head coach would call them up and give them an academic talk and somebody would always say the same thing. They'd say, okay, you know, we got to have plan B here. Because when, if, if football doesn't work out, we got to have plan B. And that just always rubbed me the wrong way. I'm like, wait, what are we talking about? Like, football is not going to work out. There's going to come that day. Even if you're you, Alex Mobile, that's a first-round draft pick, has a great NFL career. Like, you might be 30 years old, and you have, like, 60 years of your life left to live. Like, and you, what are you going to do with that? Yeah. So I always thought, like, and I would tell our guys, Football is plan B. Life is plan A. We are playing football, which is plan B right now. We're just playing, doing plan B first. But we're preparing for plan A, which is the rest of your life while we're doing plan B. Mm -hmm. And it's semantics. I get that. But that was so important to me. It's like, no, football is plan B. And we're in plan B right now. And hopefully some of you guys sitting in this, this team room get a chance to play it longer than just at Washington or Boise or Oregon or wherever, Mm -hmm. but it is plan B. And so we got to start thinking about plan A because like you, I was like little old UC Davis non-scholarship. I wasn't thinking about going to the NFL, but when football was over, I was like you, I was lost. Like, what am I going to do now? Like I don't have a plan. And so all these things like, you know, your narrative in your life, like they kind of form your thinking in terms of how we're going to do things down the road. Yeah, man, I love that. So, you know, you talk about in that, in that program, you know, you built for life when you was doing, you talked about an OKG. Yeah. 
what is that? Who who is that? It, I'm gonna let you talk about because yeah, it gives yeah. me goosebumps. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the again, this started way back. I think when we were first at Boise, and we knew that not everybody was gonna fit us, and not that we were right and everybody else was wrong. We just had a certain profile that we were kind of looking for. And it was a kid that was like passionate about football. It was a kid that was, and, and so that's like, these are all big things, right? I'm going to throw out these words and you can go, well, like who isn't looking for that? But we were going to really try to figure out who loved football and not, not into football for just what came with football. Like everybody loves to be recruited. Like, yeah. and you can blend that and they think, well, oh, I love football. It's like, no, you love going to seven on seven tournaments and posting stuff of yourself, catching balls, and how everybody gives you likes and retweets. And <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about. Like, right. This is like, you love the grind. Like yeah. you are like a gym rat. So the kids that are passionate, kids that are super competitive, you know, that have that toughness and that resilience to them. And then also some relational things. Like how are they in the locker room to their teammates? Is it just all about them or do they really like their teammates? Do you trust them? So anyways, we had these, we had these characteristics that we were really trying to find out. Now we were digging deep, but it's hard. To, this is hard. This is subjective, right? Cause you're asking a lot of questions and they're 17 years old. Yeah. So they're going to change and they're going to grow. And so it's not black and white. We get that, but we were looking for this profile of guys that we just thought would fit us that they may not love school. Like we talk about the academics. Mm -hmm. They might not love school. I'm okay with that. But they're going to do it. They're going to do the hard work. Like if I was a guy that didn't like school at all, and I get that, but like I understood I had to go to class. Like I'm not going to do well if I don't go to class and I'll go, even though I don't like it because I don't know what I'm going to do with this degree and it makes no sense to me. So we were trying to figure that out, right? And so they could come from wherever. It didn't matter, but did they fit this profile? And so when we were kind of looking at this profile, we're like, well, who are these guys? And we're like, well, they're they're And back in the back in the day, Alex, it was kind of when like that term, like that OG was popular. Oh, he's an OG. He's an OG. <laughs> and so all the kids are, everybody's talking about this. And I'm like, well, we're not, we're not really looking for OGs. We're kind of looking for OKG, like our kind of guys, like that fit us. They're, they're kind of our kind of OGs. They're young OGs, mm -hmm. our kind of mm -hmm. guys. And so it just kind of stuck with our coaches. So we just used that with our coaches. Like, okay, I think this is an OKG. Well, have we done the work on him to figure out all these character traits that we're looking for? Mm -hmm. And so then it just kind of stuck. And it was just like, we know what we're looking for. I think this guy's an OKG. And it was like not – it just fit our, our way, our style, our system, our structure, our culture. And mm -hmm. we went with it. Love that. Man, so, and, you know, I talk about leadership and one of the influencers of leadership is character and character is, is who you are, right? And what you're most likely to do. So I get it. You guys watch film and you get to see the character of them playing their sport instead of just looking at, oh, this guy is six, five, he runs a four, four and he does all that. That can mean that for, for some folks, that's everything. But when you turn on the tape and you see him, he's like, is he passionate? 
or is he passionate when he's the number one receiver, right? And so sometimes we get trapped into this thinking all about ability. And I don't think a good team or even a culture can be sustainable with just those guys that when their number's called, now they have the character that you're looking for. I think it should be no matter where they're at, no matter if it's in practice, no matter if it's in the hallway, no matter if it's in, you know, when, when nobody's watching, like who they are. I think that's, you know, 100%. what you're talking about. Yeah, it is. It's exactly. Cause I think there's performance character. And then I think there's relational character. You want to use that word character. Let's go so performance character. You turn the tape on and you're seeing competitiveness, toughness, you know, you can, you can almost see passion, how hard they play. Right. You can see yeah. football instincts. Those type of things. And then there's also relational character. And so, you you know, you can break it down exactly like that. I think there's a complete difference between talent and skill. Mm. Like, I think well, I, I've seen, right? We've all seen these talented individuals. And it's like, they just can't, they can't maximize their potential because they don't have what, whatever we want to call it, like uh, performance, character, or wiring. Mm-hmm. And relational character or wiring, you use the words you like, mm-hmm. that, because talent, like that old adage of talent is overrated. Yeah. I mean, I just really think it is. And I would say, and, I'm, and I don't want to minimize the talent because I would say it like this, like the talent level is going to be our floor. Our character level of the things we just spoke about, that's going to be our ceiling. Mm. So we want to start with a high floor, right? We do want to start with a high floor. but We've started with a high floor with all these talented guys and gone nowhere. We've underachieved. Yeah. It's because the other stuff wasn't right. Yo, what's up? So check this out. If you like today's episode, I want you to do a couple of things. Number one, I want you to subscribe to the show. And I want you to give it a rating. Five stars are dope. We love those. And then give it a review. And so I'm saying this not for selfish reasons, but it's to help us all out. The more ratings that we get and and the more reviews that we get, the bigger, more impactful guests that I can get on the show. And so, you know, it's a win-win for everyone, but it starts with you giving a review, rating it and sharing it. All right. So if you can do that, we can all have a greater or make a better, greater impact. All right. So until next time, keep aligning, assigning and adjusting to the person that you want to become. It's here. Finally, my book, The Ultimate Playbook for High Achievement. You can get it on Amazon in the uh, paper paperback version or you can get it on Kindle. And who this book is an in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking to transition, whether you was an athlete or an executive or a successful entrepreneur or whatever, if you're looking to transition into something different, this book can help you. I break it down. I lay down the foundation of who you want to be. I have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership, which is influence. And you got to understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making that can help you with influencing others and how are you influenced i have chapters in there 
that really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment, and adjustment. Um, recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter. Developing your own procedures, creating relationship roadmaps, using adversity to your advantage, right? Because we all go through tough times, but how do you flip it? How do you use it to power you, okay? And then developing your own standards. So these are things that can help anybody, not just, not just athletes. Now, there's some stories in there, you know, that covers topics that, that resonate with athletes. But I think overall, this book can help um, anyone who is looking to transition into becoming successful in something new, something different. Okay, so make sure check it out. Amazon, the ultimate playbook for high achievement.